Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free to be effective wherever God has called them. When pastors and churches feel stuck, Flourish coaches refresh their hope in the gospel and help them clarify their strategy. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, Director of Operations at Flourish. Today on the podcast, we're talking about churches with a renewed sense of the gospel for themselves, the sinfulness of their sin, and the beauty of God's grace. How can your congregation have a renewed sense of their brokenness and God's grace? How does a renewed sense of God's grace renew a whole congregation? Flourish Executive Director Matt Bowling will join us today to talk about brokenness and grace. We'd love for you to join the conversation too. So follow us on Twitter at Flourish Coach One or on Facebook at Flourish Coaching, or drop in on our website and, and contact us at flourishcoaching.org. All right, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. Hey, we're back on the Church Renewal Podcast today, and I've got Matt Bowling, Executive Director at Flourish, with me. Before we get into today's topic, brokenness and grace and church renewal, Matt, you are a book guy. You are a resource guy. If I'm a pastor beginning to think about the renewal and revitalization of my congregation, what are some of the foundational books? What are some of the ABCs of church renewal, church revitalization? First book I send people to uh, is Embers to a Flame by Harry Reader. Uh, it's a great foundational book that'll sort of give you the frame of what a healthy church is going to look like. Um, Don McNair uh, also has a book on the traits of a healthy church that's very helpful. It's a little bit older book. He wrote it, wrote it with uh, Esther Meek. Um, but those are some foundational books that are super helpful. An older book that I hope we can make popular enough again that they'll be forced to reprint it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that uh-huh. is Outgrowing the Ingrown Church by oh, Jack yeah. Miller. And so those three are sort of foundational ones in terms of just getting oriented towards what's the goal. Um, it's not necessarily going to give you the process to get from here to the goal, mm-hmm. but it's going to give you the goal. What are we What are we trying to head towards? One of the reasons that we do an assessment process with churches is um, those books don't give you everything that you need, and they may not even give you the first thing that you need to address because there's more issues involved. Um, can't put everything in a book, obviously. Um, but there, those are some foundational ones that'll give you the idea. What's the, what are we headed for here? Right. Right. What are we shooting for? Right. All right. So, um, I appreciate those. Uh, Matt, Matt, if, uh, as you guys listeners get to know Matt, he will give you more books to read than you could possibly read. So I recommend get them on audiobook, listen to them at double speed and you might be able to catch up. Um, and we'll, we'll throw resources out here occasionally, and uh, you can check out the blog, and you'll see links where to get those or some reviews or some comments on those resources as well. Um, so today we're talking church renewal, and uh, last week, you know, we talked about the fact that a lot of people come to a podcast like this or a conference about revitalization, and they are looking for, um, they're looking for a plan or a program to revitalize their church. And you ended last week, Matt, talking about the fact that a vision for renewal would be people experiencing the gospel so deeply in their churches that they are having gospel conversations with their friends at work. Um, one way to think about this would be to talk about uh, church renewal as a process where we have a renewed sense of the sinfulness of our sins, our own brokenness, and the beauty of God's grace. Um, so, when we talk about a new awareness of our sin and a new, a new awareness of God's grace, what do we mean by a new awareness? 
Yeah, so I think um, we have uh, spiritual amnesia. My seminary mentor used to tell me we get spiritual amnesia. Uh, we forget uh, how amazing grace actually is. Uh, we forget um, that we were sinners without hope. Um, so you look at Ephesians 2, the beginning of it, and we forget that that, that was our lot. Uh, we were friends with Satan. Um, and our only hope was that God would rescue us, but God. Mm -hmm. And and we lose that. Yeah. We lose it and we become, and the, the tendency is to become proud. One of the resources we'll put in the show notes for this is a, a sheet um, that I first encountered when I was a missionary with um, with uh, Campus Crusade years ago, now called Crew. Um, but it was the difference between proud people and humbled people. And um, it's very, very striking. Uh, we'll put another one in there, um, the 50 Fruits of Pride. We Some work that we did, we developed it into a resource that we used in our church, uh, the church that I pastored in Seattle. And I think that when people come to a new awareness of their sin and they see themselves the way that God sees them apart from Christ, sure, then they can actually appreciate the gospel. So the, the, sense, the, the sense of gratitude that somebody has uh, for the, for the grace that they've received from Christ is correlated. Um, it's to the same level that they understand their sinfulness. Mm. So if I think um, in, in, in my family growing up, I, I would perceive that I was the better kid. If there was a sinner in my family, it was my brother. Okay. Always <laughs> right. You're the younger brother. He's not listening. So brother. it's okay. He's, you just he's not, talk, he's not tell listen. stories. It's good. <laughs> so, um, but it, God really had to break into my heart as a freshman in, in college for me to even understand that, that I was a sinner mm. at all. And really the sense that you have of how big God's grace is, is really how big your sin is. Mm. And so some of growth in the Christian life, people don't like to think about their sin. They want to get, they don't, you know, but some of the growth in the Christian life is realizing, man, I'm a really big sinner. Mm. But not to stop there. Sure. So there's this um, dynamic. Right, you could, yeah. You right. could end up in a pretty bad place if you just get a big view of your own sinfulness and your view of God's grace stays pretty small. So so here's here's the an equation that both sides need to rise at the same time, mm -hmm. right? So I, I like to call this the so bad, so glad mm -hmm. equation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm so bad. This is a bastardization of a Tim Keller quote, but I'm so bad that... Uh, <laughs> This is a misquote of Tim Keller, but it's a uh, it's a way of putting it. I'm so bad there was no hope for me apart from Christ mm. coming for me, living perfectly for me, dying for me, rising for me, ascending to the Father's right hand, interceding for me. There was I'm so bad there was no hope for me apart from Christ coming for me. But the Father is so rich in mercy. Mm and gracious mm. and loves to draw sinners to himself. Yeah. He was so glad to send his son for me. Yeah. Yeah. Though I'm so bad, but he's so glad to send his son. Mm. Yeah. And if I'm melted by that yeah. on a daily basis, and I keep getting melted by that, mm -hmm. then um, when I run into other sinners and it, you know, whether they're, they're, uh, other Christians in the church mm -hmm. or their people at work that are frustrating or neighbors, the elders in our church, the neighbor um, trimmed his tree for him mm -hmm. badly. 
that was really hard for them. Yeah. Because their neighbor impinged on them. It was very offensive, mm-hmm. right? But if you're if you're melted by grace and you go, apart from Jesus, I could do so many bad things. When you look at somebody who acts towards you sinfully, you go, oh, you're just like me. Mm. I, I reread a quote sometime in the past week or so um, where uh, this was a public figure where they were uh, maybe might've been Abraham Lincoln, um, but it was a public figure that got criticized and the public figure's response was, Oh, if only he had known the rest about me, he would have said much more. Mm, Sure. And that is, that is a description of someone who has a new awareness of their own brokenness. Yeah. So bad. So glad. Yeah. They're gospel humble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, So let's talk about the contrast. This isn't necessarily a super comfortable part of the conversation, but in some churches, the, the feeling in the ether, right? The ephemera is atmosphere. Yeah. Is this so bad? So glad in some churches, it's just a shallow. So glad because there is no so bad in some churches. It's a, just so bad and there's very little glad it's very glum right right? yeah oh yeah like a spirit of fear and and and, um yeah so so what happens to a church let's just use the phrase use the term little what happens to a church when they have a little sense of their sin and or a little sense of of the beauty of god's grace what happens to those churches so so uh, just put it as bluntly as i can they're critical and joyless critical and joyless right they're critical because they think, so think of the, the older brother and the parable of the prodigals, right. right? The older brother. But not just as a person, as a group of as people. As a group of people, yeah. right? So their dynamic is that, hey, what about, I, I've done all these right things. Why, why is my life going bad? Or mm-hmm. why aren't you respecting me? Because I'm respectable. And um, think of Jerry Bridges' book, Respectable Sins, that sure. so many of these things that pass through that we're not applying the gospel to. Um that, but that's what goes on in churches where people are not coming to a new awareness of their sin and need for grace and then experience that grace. Sure. Um, I was in a church uh, here recently. I preached in a church on Sunday, um, for example, um, that didn't have a confession of sin mm, in the part service of their worship, yeah. as part of their worship service. Now, that's pretty common in broad evangelical churches. This was a church in the tradition. I'm ordained in the Presbyterian Church in America, and it's pretty Pretty good number of churches in our tradition use a confession of sin. What happens when you use a confession of sin in a church service? Mm. Well, if you have a confession of sin and it doesn't then move into trying to help people say, um, but God, right? the grace of God is bigger than that, right? But if there's that in both in a service... Mm where people are drawn to confess their sinfulness together and then experience the gospel anew together, yeah. meditating on some rich gospel passage, then people, then they begin to sing. Right. Because they've heard this wonderful grace of Jesus again and that it's for me. Right. Uh, I tell people, if you can wake up in the morning and turn over on your back and your first thought in the morning is... I'm loved by God. And that's crazy. Why would God love somebody like me? But he does. Mm. Yeah. 
That's that's it. Yeah. That's that's it. If people are like that, then they can love other people. Sure. They can they can have people be sinners toward them and go, yeah, that's just a person like me. Sure. And be much more patient yeah. under affliction and suffering. So so diagnostically then, if if I'm in a congregation and the atmosphere is critical and joyless, that might be a symptom. That might be a symptom to me that the root is a lack of awareness of the sinfulness of my sin or our sins compared to everyone else's. Yep. Because we're critical. Yep. Or a lack of a sense, an awareness of the beauty, the bigness, the gladness of God's grace. This yes. is a, a diagnostic tool. So so let's say I'm a pastor and I'm diagnosing my congregation or I'm an elder or a deacon or a board member, whatever. And I'm hearing this and I'm like, wow, critical, joyless. I am familiar with this. Yeah. I have seen this. Yeah. What do I do today? What What do I do today to to begin to address? So let's say I'm a pastor. What do I do today to begin to address that? And then we'll talk about what do I do from the pews, from you know some other role. Sure. I think that. Um, so eventually we'll get to in the definition that we started to talk about in the first episode that we'll keep working through. We're eventually going to get to talk about um, means of grace, both. So that's word, sacraments, and prayer, right? And that's both um, publicly on on Sundays. There's some churches that will listen to this will do Sunday, Saturday evening worship. But on your weekend uh, worship experience, the, the word, sacraments, and prayer within your services, and then also individually in people's lives and in small groups, right? So Paul's publicly in house right. to house, right? And so um, when I think about those um those elements of a church's ministry as a pastor, I'm thinking, how can I make each of those so that they are places where people can begin to experience the gospel anew? Mm -hmm. So I choose preaching in such a way that uh, what I preach on um, is leading people towards understanding the gospel more and applying it to their lives. Um, Paul's letters are, are well suited to this. Because it's what he's doing. He's sending letters to churches that got misdirected that that need to hear the gospel anew. Um, in Sunday school classes, maybe I'm reading through a book like The Gospel for Real Life by Jerry Bridges. Um, and we're discussing it and, and we're trying to understand it. Or we're working one-to-one um, -one with people and we're using something like Gospel Transformation. Or we're using the, the three-book series from um, Surge. That is sort of the, the small group material from that um, stuff in terms of gospel identity. Um, maybe in small groups, we're working through some of that kind of material uh, or that we're maybe we're doing sermon based small groups. But the way that the discussion questions are written off the sermons mm -hmm. is that's pushing people towards awareness of sin, um, awareness of the gospel and application to life. Sure. So we're we're thinking of a holistic church ministry that's pushing people towards understanding their own sense of sin and a greater sense of grace because grace is greater than our sin. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. Right. So as a pastor, I want to, I want to think about the spaces people are coming and I want to think about how can they experience the gospel anew in those places. Now you mentioned, mentioned some resources along the way there. Sure. Um, whether it's for me personally, I want to experience, mm -hmm. Uh, the awareness of my sin and the beauty of grace in my personal life, or whether I want to think about it uh, from a church perspective. Sure. Can you recommend articles, books, sermons? What What should I be accessing 
if I want to grow in this awareness of my sinfulness. Now you mentioned some stuff by Jerry Bridges. Yeah. We'll put a link to some of the resources from mm-hmm. Surge, which is a great ministry and publishing uh, venue that, that, that does some great uh, material in this vein. But is there anything else you would recommend personally, particularly for me as a person, I want a new awareness of my sin. I want a, 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 a new awareness of the beauty of grace. I think um, respectable sins is a, is a great place to go because it's it's very mature Jerry Bridges um, uh, work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's the compilation of a lifetime of meditating on the gospel himself mm-hmm. and trying to help Christians grow in it. Um, if you have a difficulty, so some people have difficulty. Um, so it, it kind of depends, I think. Some people have difficulty believing that grace is as good as it is. And so I know that for my wife and I, reading, um, go on a trend on Jerry Bridges riff here, but reading Transforming Grace was probably the best thing that ever happened to us as a couple. Um, because it really, he puts grace out there and says, this is the way that it is. Mm. And that was really, really helpful. Um, respectable sins is nice, both for understanding grace and for understanding, um, our sinfulness, our need for Christ, but also that Christ has come for us. And that that is, um, that's what he, what he gives us. I think this material uh, that our church used, I mentioned it earlier, called The 50 Fruits of Pride. It's built off of a paper by a pastor um, who wrote up a, a, a met, a 50 different meditations on how pride manifests itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very striking for me um, to read that as a pastor, as a person who'd been a Christian for 30 years, mm-hmm. and to read it and go, wow. I had no idea how much pride there still was in my life mm. that I wasn't repenting of. Yeah. And that God had been gracious to me all the way along. And people around me had been gracious to me all the way along. Yeah. And I had no idea. Um, some of, for you, if you're a pastor, you're an individual Christian that's listening, an elder, maybe in a church or a leader. Um, some of it is, Lord, what do I need? Do I need a better sense of my sinfulness or do I need a better sense of, of your graciousness? Which am I not convinced of? Mm. Um, and then that's going to vary what you're going to listen to, right? Yeah. Can I share that for me, a sense of my sinfulness was something that I've needed in the last couple of years. And so I've really been blessed by some older works. Repentance by Thomas Watson. Yes. Overcoming Sin and Temptation by John Owen. Uh, some of, you know, they're, they're thick. They're... Um, wordy they're frustrating to read at times but particularly repentance by watson or jack miller's book yes uh, on repentance uh, which very is much good. newer yeah yes much newer and very good very yeah very good very helpful yeah hey that's about all the time we have for today matt we've been talking about brokenness grace and the renewal of our churches um we're going to keep working through some of these big ideas what does it mean to renew our churches and and we're just thankful that you're here with us today matt we're thankful that you our listeners are here today um yeah you've been listening to the church renewal podcast from flourish coaching we'd love to hear what you think what what do you need in your life A, a new awareness of your sinfulness a new awareness of the beauty of god's grace reach out to us you can reach our executive director matt at Matt at flourishcoaching.org by email. Uh, I'm Alan at flourishcoaching.org uh, by email. You can also check us out on Facebook, Flourish Coaching, or on the web, flourishcoaching.org. 
Remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast so that more people can join us in these conversations about the renewal of churches. So again, thanks for listening. There is only one sufficient reason that today dawned, and that is that Jesus is yet gathering a people to himself, and he's using us to do it. So please come join us as we dig into the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.